Section 13 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle Chapter 6, Verses 1-8 to Ostentation in Almsgiving and Prayer Forbidden This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Marianne Matthew 6, Verses 1-8 to Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret and thy father, which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and at the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, Pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. In this part of the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord Jesus gives us instruction on two subjects. One is that of giving alms, the other is that of prayer. Both were subjects to which the Jews attached great importance. Both in themselves deserved the serious attention of all professing Christians. Observe that our Lord takes it for granted that all who call themselves his disciples will give alms. He assumes as a matter of course that they will think it a solemn duty to give, according to their means, to relieve the wants of others. The only point he handles is the manner in which the duty should be done. This is a weighty lesson. It condemns the selfish stinginess of many in the matter of giving money. How many are rich towards themselves, but poor towards God? How many never give a farthing to do good to the bodies and souls of men? And have such persons any right to be called Christians, in their present state of mind? It may well be doubted. A giving Saviour should have giving disciples. Observe again that our Lord takes it for granted that all who call themselves his disciples will pray. He assumes this also as a matter of course. He only gives directions as to the best way of praying. This is another lesson which deserves to be continually remembered. It teaches plainly that prayerless people are not genuine Christians. It is not enough to join in the prayers of the congregation on Sundays or attend the prayer of a family on weekdays. There must be private prayer also. Without this, we may be outward members of Christ's church, but we are not living members of Christ. But what are the rules laid down for our guidance about almsgiving and praying? They are few and simple, but they contain much matter for thought. In giving, 
everything like ostentation is to be abhorred and avoided. We are not to give as if we wished everybody to see how liberal and charitable we are, and desired the praise of our fellow men. We are to shun everything like display. We are to give quietly, and make as little noise as possible about our charities. We are to aim at the spirit of the proverbial saying, Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. In praying, the principal object to be sought is to be alone with God. We should endeavor to find some place where no mortal eye sees us, and where we can pour out our hearts with the feeling that no one is looking at us but God. This is a rule which many find it very difficult to follow. The poor man and the servant often find it almost impossible to be really alone, but it is a rule which we must all make great efforts to obey. Necessity, in such cases, is often the mother of invention. When a person has a real will to find some place where he can be in secret with his God, he will generally find a way. In all our duties, whether giving or praying, the great thing to be kept in mind is that we have to do with a heart-searching and all-knowing God. Everything like formality, affectation, or mere bodily service is abominable and worthless in God's sight. He takes no account of the quantity of money we give or the quantity of words we use. The one thing at which his all-seeing eye looks is the nature of our motives and the state of our hearts. Our Father seeth in secret. May we all remember these things. Here lies a rock on which many are continually making spiritual shipwreck. They flatter themselves that all must be right with their souls if they only perform a certain amount of religious duties. They forget that God does not regard the quantity, but the quality of our service. His favor is not to be bought, as many seem to suppose, by the formal repetition of a number of words, or the self-righteous payment of a sum of money to a charitable institution. Where are our hearts? Are we doing all, whether we give or pray, as to the Lord and not to men? Do we realize the eye of God? Do we simply and solemnly desire to please him who seeth in secret, and by whom actions are weighed? First Samuel chapter 2, verse 3 Are we sincere? These are the sort of questions with which we should daily ply our souls. End of section 13